Backdoor cover back again. It's tax day. And I'm the tax man. Oh, I'm the tax man. Wow. Thank you. Hi. Happy April 15th, a.k.a. the day after Tiger Woods did it again. I am Micah Weiner. This is Brad Key. This is Backdoor Cover. Ralph the dog is leaning on me. It feels good. Brad, how are you? What's up? Man, it feels good to be back. Why do you like tax day? What's wrong with you? Because I'm a bad boy. Is that right? The IRS coming for you? I fucking hope not. I hope not, too. That's the worst. Uh, anyway, it's, it's good to... <laughs> let's not talk about it. You turn. That. Let's not even yeah. bring attention you know to what? that. You're right. I'll, we'll just forget that ever happened. Don't worry about us, tax man. April 15th, 2019. April 14th, 2019. Tiger Woods wins his fifth Masters. What a day. Indeed. What a day. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back later this week. I think we'll probably record Thursday. And... Uh, Look forward to another weekend. There's a lot of NBA hoops. Uh, Brad and I are watching a lot of it, so we will have all of the angles and and talk about some of the gambling stuff uh, later in the week. Also, a quick announcement. Mind of Micah, still going strong. Lots of good content. Three different pieces last week, including the long-awaited return of Jersey. Did you do it? I did Jersey. Yeah, it's live on Mind of Micah. I was traveling, so I haven't had a chance to get catch up on my feed, but just, uh, I'll have to check it out. To quickly remind everybody, in case you didn't know, MTV is still a channel. and uh, That doesn't play music. Right. Pauly D and Vinny of uh, Jersey Shore fame are now on a dating show called Double Shot at Love, where they're both dating 20 women. And it's like Bachelor, but with two dudes from uh, Jersey Shore. I was wondering what the double shot reference was. Yeah, I think it's it's actually a... There used to be a shot, uh, a show yeah. with Tia Tequila. Yeah, Shot like at 10 Love. 10 years ago called Shot Because her name is Tequila. Yeah, they've rebooted it. Anyway, and none of that's important. Jersey is back. It got the highest ratings that MTV's gotten for a premiere since Jersey Shore. Really? Uh, so it did very well. So many people watched it. I broke it down on Jersey with uh, with my fiance, Caitlin. What kind of women were they were, were contesting they were, on this? Uh, dressed in very provocative outfits. Is it club ha- club rats? Some might say that. Yeah, I, some. I, I wouldn't paint them all with that brush, but they were wearing very tight dresses on night one. A couple accountants in there, mostly club rats. Most yes, lots of some uh, librarians influencers and yeah, people with their own clothing line, like all of the the millennial trash. Uh, you know, like you, professions. Yeah. They were all there. You, you all had to have visited Tulum in the past eight months to be eligible for this show. Uh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it was good. So check out uh, Mind of Micah to get the return of Jersey. Day. Uh, we also had a call in from one of uh, Caitlin's friends. A, uh, I called her my uh, Italian-American aunt that I never had. Oh. Uh, Anne, who has quite an accent and broke down everything she saw. I, I'm just saying it right now. This was the best episode of Jersey Day ever. Wow. So check it out, even if you're not watching the show. And, and by the way, you should be watching the show. Also, last week we did uh, some other stuff on Mind of Mike. I don't really recall. We did the WrestleMania yeah. recap. We had uh, something else in between. Oh, I reviewed uh, a movie. It was a good review. Yeah, I reviewed The uh, the Legend of Cocaine Island, Yeah, the movie on Netflix. So check that out. We've got good stuff coming this week. Tomorrow we're going to drop a Micah's Read of the Week with Brad and I. So get excited about that. Maybe some time. more stuff to come okay uh before we get into uh tiger and everything about tiger we're going to talk about our friends at butcher box guys this is important father's day and mother's day are right around the corner don't you dare mess with any other uh online meat delivery service but butcher box okay trust me 
Trust me. Believe it. It's worth it. This month, ButcherBox is is offering the ultimate breakfast bundle. The This includes two packages of bacon and two pounds of breakfast sausage, all free in your first box. The bacon is some of the best you've ever had. It's Whole30 approved, uncured, and nitrate and sugar-free. The sausage is a healthy, authentic version of the classic-style pork sausage, simply seasoned with salt, pepper, and sage. Right now, new members get two packages of bacon and two pounds of breakfast sausage added to your first box for free. And not, that's not all, Brad. You also get $20 off your first box. So go now while supplies last. This is a, limit time, a limited time offer. ButcherBox delivers healthy, 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, free-range organic chicken, and heritage-breed pork. This is the good stuff. You got to see this beef. It is beef, boy. ButcherBox uh, meats start with a commitment to raising animals humanely and free of antibiotics and hormones. Each box comes with at least 8 to 11 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individually sized meals. And you can choose from five different box types, uh, all beef, beef and chicken, beef and pork, mixed box, and a custom box that lets you choose your own cuts. This is good stuff. Brad and I have both uh, been eating our way through our butcher boxes. Uh, everything comes perfectly sealed in in uh, vacuum sealed. The delivery alone stuff. is worth seeing, man. And the delivery awesome. comes with dry ice. It's, it's, it's an excellent setup. So one more time, to get all the meat delivered right to your doorstep or given as a gift. This is a great gift. Get the ultimate breakfast bundle, two packages of bacon, two pounds of breakfast sausage for free in your first box, plus $20 off your first box. Go to butcherbox.com slash backdoor or enter promo code backdoor at checkout one more time, butcherbox.com slash backdoor. It'll automatically add it or just use backdoor at checkout if you go to butcherbox.com slash backdoor. I think we got that. All right. Let's talk golf. And and as Brad has renamed the segment, the Buttercut. Yeah. It's our golf segment. It's Tiger. The Buttercut. Tiger is back. It had been 11 years since he'd won a major. I think it was 14 since he'd won a, the Masters. Let me see here. An amazing, amazing morning. Uh, of course, the round got pushed to the morning because of uh, storms that were forecasted in the afternoon at Augusta. Uh, a couple other things. They had players going off the back nine at the same time, so it was a staggered start, which isn't something they normally do. Yeah, so the, what, there was in, there was incoming weather. They they stacked it up so that there was three per group, and they put three per group instead of two, uh, as is traditional. So the the tournament itself ended earlier in the afternoon than it typically would have. Uh, which for those of you who are confused, I started earlier too. Yeah. So yeah, I, I if you if you're an idiot and you were planning to just like watch in the afternoon and do things in the morning, you missed out. Big mistake. It was, but nobody did that. I mean, it got the best ratings in in many years for a morning. I think it was thirty four years uh, for a morning golf broadcast, which isn't surprising. And uh, Tiger did it. So this is his third straight top ten major finish, mm-hmm. uh, as you probably have seen on every single Instagram post ever made in the last twelve twenty four hours. His fifth green jacket, his fifteenth major title. Um, this is the the special thing about this particular win is something he's never done before, which he won after trailing through three rounds. He's never done that before in a major championship. Yeah, that was crazy. This is his 15th major in the first 14. He was either tied or leading going through 54 holes. So going into the fourth round, Molinari was the leader, I think, by two shots. Yeah, Francisco Molinari had a two, two stroke lead over Tiger. And I think Tony Finau was tied with him going to the final round as well. Yes. And Tony Finau, my pick to win the Masters. That's I right. That was a very close. smart pick. So last year was Finau's uh, rookie attempt. First time. There, first yeah. time. Like we were talking about his his ankle. So um, 
yeah, experience. We talked about how important that is and how much it matters. Final, you know, round two, second time, second attempt, no problem, came out and played really great. They talked like a, at length at nauseum about how hard he hits the ball with that really short, like he has like a short backswing and follow through, and he just absolutely pulverizes the ball. Um, I thought Woods, like his actual, his ball striking, which we talked about the approach shot being super important for success in this tournament. Uh, Woods is obviously and has always been one of the best iron players in the game, and he came out and just was surgical, man. Great with those irons. So it was fun, man. It was great to see. Love seeing it. Is that is that yeah, his really, short uh, original was, take? I'm happy that Tiger won. I no, yeah, that's not that, their original. But <laughs> no, his short game was was dialed in all week, um, and the approaches on Sunday. I mean, he it was interesting because he didn't he didn't really attack too many pins. Um, he played a little more conservatively than we're used to, but he just he didn't make a mistake, and the guys who were with him and and in front of him did. Uh, we saw so many balls go in the water on twelve. Yeah. And he just played. He played safe. He knows these patiently. Greens. I think patience is the way that yeah. you kind of describe this, and that's not really typical. Tiger usually overpowers and like intimidates his opponents in their their head to head matchups, especially on the fourth day. And in this one, it was more like patient play, take advantage of the few opportunities you get at birdies or eagles. And you know when people stumble, like when Molinari hit that ball in the water, was it number twelve? Yeah, when he he chipped and it it. it the ball tipped a, a tree branch, knocking it short, and it landed in the water. Well, that That's, wasn't twelve, but that was. What, what hole is that? He he went in the water twice. I guess he went in twelve, and then again in fifteen. That's right. Anyways, it's like that's when he would step on the throat, like and actually like put his murderer stamp on it. Because Tiger's a murderer, cold blooded, no doubt. Yeah. So that was really exciting. It man. was, that was really great fun. to have him back. Oh, uh, feels good. And I mean. It, there were guys that were sort of popping up, and it was a really exciting day. The leaderboard was changing. The top of the leaderboard changed many times over the course of the day. But once Tiger, once Tiger took that two shot lead, he it was there was no doubt. Yeah. Although you know, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, was it Kepka that had a putt on eighteen? I think seventeen too, wasn't it? I feel like he had well, two. yeah, but somebody had a, a makeable putt on eighteen that would have made Tiger only one stroke ahead going to eighteen. But once he was up. Two strokes, he was able to bogey 18 and still win the tournament. So uh, it's just crazy. We posted something on Backdoor Cover yesterday that, like, the first 11 years of... Uh, but back, by the way, I, I'm not going to toot my own horn here, but I will. Okay. Backdoor Cover podcast on Instagram was excellent oh, this weekend. It was lit. Uh, your boy was running it and putting up shit. I had awesome photos of all four of Tiger's first four jackets in a, in a swipe. The Instagram story was good. There, there's a lot a lot to see there. So go follow uh, Backdoor Cover Podcast a lot on Instagram. To love. Uh, yeah, CBS says Tiger's uh, win was the highest rated morning golf uh, broadcast in 34 years, which is, again, not surprising. Hey, here you go for Brooks. It says uh, Brooks shot 70, barely missing birdie putts on 17 and 18. On oh, Sunday. yeah, he had one 17. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Tiger, in his basically in his first – Tiger won his first major, which was the Masters, 22 years ago. And then he just dominated golf for 11 years, winning 14 majors in 11 years. He then spent the next 11 years without a major. It had been almost as long. It had been almost 4,000 days since his, his 15th major. It's just really an amazing story. And it felt, like, story. Uh, it felt like his career kind of fell apart like on that Thanksgiving when, what was it, 2009 or 2010, when uh, 
he got busted by his wife and there was all of that conflict, whatever. But he wasn't injured at that time. Like his his game didn't really fall off. He was still competing in majors and still playing great golf. And then I think it was like like twenty. I can't remember what the year was when he started having those really bad back problems and his glutes firing and all that. But that was like twenty thirteen sometime in that time frame and then he started having the drug problems and then he had the DWI and it's like uh you kind of look at this and like it's interesting to look at it from a perspective of like traditional sports heroes and stuff like that are these people that are infallible and they don't have problems and they don't have personal strife and like they come through and they're just kind of untouchable and he's kind of just been like this modern day version like you kind of see it in like television like even like villains in TV have like these redeeming qualities and make them like kind of they they persevere to some extent to make a show like a little bit more interesting and endearing. Like I kind of liken Tiger to that kind of new age. He had like a significant major problems in his life, and it looked like he was never coming back. Like it looked over like big time. Uh, when he, like what was it eighteen months twenty months ago when they were doing the DWI picture after he had had all his pills or whatever. <laughs> It's just a, a interesting, unique story that really you haven't seen very often. Like with like how people manage PR situations and relations and stuff like that. Like I don't know. I I think I find it endearing. I find it awesome. I find it really enjoyable and interesting to watch. Uh, and then Tiger's just so he just has so much charisma, man. So that's just kind of well. We saw it. You know, it's well said. I mean, it's really a three dimensional story, mm-hmm. which is. It, it's not good or bad, or, you know. It's, it's human. Like, it, it's just it, you're right, though. It's like we're we're used to this in TV now. Where they had like PR extent. people managing their images. Well, Tiger for the shit. first twenty years of his career, or ten years, or whatever, was like the most robotic player in the world. Right. Like he was. He never said anything, and he was the most like managed athlete, and he became a big star. But he never said. We, I, I know not. We knew nothing about Tiger. Now we know a lot about Tiger. He's a sex probably way too much. Probably too much. More than he certainly would ever want us to know. And it makes people love him even more, I think. We saw and and then the other thing that you can't you mentioned like his charisma. Yeah, he, you said he was a robot. Like he was a robot in press conferences and stuff. Like he always said the right, right. thing, but he was fucking incredibly like energetic, charismatic on the course. And, and that was what was so an absolute like, killer, as yeah. you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I'm getting a lot of bullshit phone calls, so um, just an absolute killer on on the course, and that killer instinct always showed through. Even if he would just be like, "The course looks good, my swing feels good, I like my chances." Right, and then you go on the course and like look at the guy, and the guy would melt across from him, and then he just well, and destroy you, the you motherfuckers. Saw it on yesterday, the, the way the roars happened. Yeah, guys start. That's gotta affect you, dude. I I can't imagine like I, I'm just imagining myself on t- like watching on television. Like I don't actively root usually for people to like dump it in the water and stuff and i found myself like jumping up and be like yeah like everyone did that and i mean you'd totally have to agree. imagine at the masters like this course that it's set up like as like a an amphitheater almost where like you can he- really hear and it's supposed to be like this this almost like church atmosphere and like everybody polite claps and like there's energy but like people don't usually like pull dramatically for one player over others and you i can guarantee you every they person in that place loud it's ever been there yeah but you could feel it like every single person pulling for tiger every single person like actively like stink eyeing every other player on the course like you'd have to think that that goes into their psyche when they're playing and can be felt it's got to be and we saw it two weeks ago when uh we talked about it a little bit on the podcast but brad and i both went to the austin uh Dell match, Del play. match yeah. play tournament here in austin which tiger played in for the first time 
It was actually his first tournament in the state of Texas in 13 years. The it's like watching Babe Ruth walk. Like he he's a legend, and that's before. I mean, it's just it's the guy is a legend. He gets everybody's attention. As I as I think I told the story about like how we got to the golf course and he was like on 14 or 15, and uh, my girlfriend's like, should we go get a drink? Should we you know go to the Grey Goose Lounge? I'm like, not yet. No, we got to go see Tiger. She's like, well, how are we going to find him? I'm like, I don't know. It was my first day to go there. It's I hadn't seen him map, But I was like, <laughs> let's just follow everybody. It's like, what? Doors. I don't understand. And as soon as you sort of get around a group of people and you hear three or four people go, oh, he's over there. There's no question who he is. Yeah. Everyone was talking about Tiger. And then his crowd was, was five times bigger than anybody else's, and we got to see it. And it, it's to see him do this is just uh it was amazing and then as dramatic as it was yesterday like this wasn't him dominating or winning by 10 strokes this is this is him going back and forth and back and forth sort of like a reimagined like more like elderly statesman like has the experience plays with patience he played with all of it it's true so we look at the rest of the leaderboard we had three guys in a tie for second dustin johnson xander shoffley and cope Kepka. When I read it, I always want to call him Coppola for some reason. Brooks Kepka. Uh, Woods finished at 13 under those. Got three guys finished at 12 under. Jason Day, uh, Webb Simpson, Francisco Molinari finished at 11 under. Where did, Finau as well. Where did Cantlay finish? 10 under with Rom. Tied he, he really melted down. At one point, he made he made Eagle to take the outright lead. Right, and on the back nine. 12. Although, it, I mean, it's, it's irony, but it's true. Like, a guy named Cantlay can't defeat tiger woods he's a sex addict and uh <laughs> i see the I tiger see actually with that. tiger actually uh wiped the floor with him in austin tiger in canlay and he beat patrick cantlay yeah mm-hmm. no no although cantlay's like 24 25 yeah he's, he's gonna be good for a long time Have you, um, did you watch him at all he does this thing with his feet where he shuffles him and then shuffles him when he's like notice. getting lined up you'll see the more he gets onto television but it, it's very distracting i felt like feet, the man. uh yeah he like does this thing where his feet do like this penguin dance when he's trying to get himself aligned with his shot. Weird. I think that the broadcast did a good job of not allowing him to be seen so, well, so clearly. You know, if you're watching the broadcast like everybody was, it was 90% Tiger coverage. Yes. And like these and dudes were be. sort as it should be. It's all we wanted to watch. But like all the, as these other dudes are popping up all over the place, making birdie and eagle, like that leaderboard just keeps changing. It was real. Like I think it was even more dramatic the way it was so Cantlay made a clutch eagle at 15 and then he had bogeys on 16 and 17 to derail his chances uh and he finishes his he finished tie uh tied ninth and which is his first top 10 in a major first career top 10 jason day finished uh tied fifth as we said with simpson molinari and uh finau at 11 under the funny thing about Day is that it returned. He, he had a, an MRI done on his back. There's been a lot of talk about how like he bent over and picked up his daughter before the start of the Masters, and that resulted in a re-injury to his back or whatever. What which, a pussy. I hate Jason Day. <laughs> you're such a hater. The, the thing about it, though, is like it's one thing to have a back injury. He had an MRI, and uh, I think it was at the beginning of March, and it returned annular tears in his L4 and L5 discs in his back. Which sounds terrible. I don't think you recover from that. Like I don't. I think you have to be off of sports. Like especially something that's such like a rotational, mm-hmm. balanced thing that requires so much back strength. So 
for Day to come out, like he has withdrawn for tournaments in like the re- last like month because this thing has been so painful, and he finished top five in the Masters with that kind of aggravation to your back, like a, probably the most important part of your body for hitting a golf ball. It's pretty impressive. Um, a few other little notes that I had. Um, Victor Hovland uh, was the the low round uh, amateur, which he, some of people may recognize him in the golf community. He's a, uh, probably like the best collegiate golfer right now. I've, uh, he's among like the best, and he plays for Oklahoma State. Uh, Isn't he Norwegian or something? They something he's like the first that. First player from his country ever to play. In the yeah, Masters. and so like the thing about the that that uh, Oklahoma State team is they've also got this other guy named Matthew Wolf, and he's the guy who has the like, most bizarre golf swing of all time where he lifts his foot up and swings. Th- he looks kind of like Happy Gilmore. Like, it's that wow. bizarre. He doesn't actually, like, crow hop. But that's your that's your college golf minute. There you have it. The the real deep golf dive. Yeah. That's that's your, your double butter cut. What else you got? Uh, Other than that, I mean, we talked about Fina. We talked about some of the guys among the top. So, like, yeah, I just had those last couple of notes. Um. It was interesting. You know, was watching it... Tiger and Finau in the same group was interesting because Finau's so much longer. Was he? Yeah, consistently. He yeah. was almost always longer. I mean, he's so much longer than everybody. Yeah. And it's just like Tiger used to be that guy. Right. It's it's we- That's another part of this that's interesting is the evolution. Maybe see... that's part of why he played with such patience because he's like, I'm not out driving this this beast of a human. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna put it in play. I'm gonna put it in a, like conservative spots where I know I can hit close approach and just put it on the green. And I mean that was what it really came down to was just being able to be in control and be super precise with your shots. And then when people did misstep, which it turned out everybody did, he ste- kind of stepped on the gas, and that was when he really like stepped on him. Yeah. So classic Tiger. Let's talk a little bit about what this means for uh, Las Vegas. Uh, Vegas took a bath on Tiger. Uh, <laughs> on Tuesday, apparently, a better uh, at an SLS casino in Vegas placed an $85,000 bet on Woods to win it 14-1. to 1. It was the first bet uh, ever placed by the customer at this casino, William Hill. And it's going to pay out, you want to guess how much? $1.19 million. The largest single golf ticket in the company's history in America. Does this guy bet regularly? No, this is the first bet this guy's ever placed. How much did he put on it? 85 k well, that's a that is a degenerate sum. He's definitely betting somewhere. Else. Do like you can't just do that without like having built up some sort of thick skin. Yeah, oh, uh, <laughs> I guess I fourteen mean, to one. I think he actually ended up, Tiger ended up going off at, at twelve to one, maybe because all the so money he got on. In. Yeah, he got on. So he got in at better odds. Uh, BetOnline.ag told ESPN that Woods' victory produced the company's single largest uh, loss. Ever on a futures bet, so when a when greater they, even than the loss it suffered on the Super Bowl. So when a casino takes a hit, it's called taking a bath. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was positive because I'm I'm You're a bath pro guy. bath guy. I'm, I'm bath guy too. Yeah. We're bath guys, but no, you don't want to take a bath there. <laughs> uh, Bad bath. Some dude bet. I mean, there's some funny bets that are out there. Some better put up 20k at uh, that Tiger will not win all four majors. And if Tiger do, if this guy if Tiger does not win all of the majors, yes, do you want to guess how much this guy will win on a twenty k bet? Not very much. Twenty dollars. Why would you put that? That bet seems in? like a bad ROI. You, why, like, what is there to gain from that? Just other than public exposure, like I, that's I the know. only thing you're trying to get is people to talk about. By you the way, point. Tiger has opened as a plus eight fifty uh, favorite to win the PGA Championship. This is according to FanDuel. With Roy McIlroy and Dustin Johnson. What was right behind McElroy's him at plus nine uh, nine fifty? What was McIlroy's odds this time? 
Was he? He a was plus, the favorite. I think he was. He was seven like to seven one. to one. Yeah, yeah, so he was like plus seven hundred basically. So Tiger is eight eight and a half to one, and okay. then right behind him, Rory and Dustin at nine fifty. Uh, on Saturday, with Woods very much in contention, DraftKings bumped its odds from three to one to ten to one, and as high as fifteen to one during Sunday's final round. Nearly sixty percent of bets uh, past the third round were on Woods at DraftKings, and approximately thirty percent of all live, live wagers. I've actually never like seen that aspect of DraftKings. I've only done the daily fantasy. I haven't seen their like sports book stuff where you can bet on specific. Golfers. Apparently, they they might have lost more on the daily fantasy because everybody picked Tiger. Uh, Anyway. Well, they don't lose on the daily fantasy. The the because the way it works is they take they like did. well they they lost on it because they were doing a free play thing that makes sense and so they were refunding all money if you lost and everybody won because they all had tight. I got you, or maybe like every anyways. So there's there's the gambling aspect. Um, moving, we could talk about Nike. Did you see the commercial that Nike yeah. had ready instantly? Of course they did. Uh, it it's kind of a shitty it is production a, quality. The one that I saw. Oh, it was on Instagram though, like it was like an Instagram slide, sto- like it wasn't oh, no. a slide thing. A it was video. like a video, but they put out a, a commercial that was that was good. Um, it was like just do it, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny to see Darren Ravel like sucking Nike's dick, like he always does. Just saying, like they stood behind Tiger for 14 years, and and now they get this. Like, of course they did, because Tiger was their golf company and made Nike a shit ton of money. He's pro- The only reason why they don't have golf clubs right now is because he sucked for like three years. Yeah, and then That's they just probably destroyed the only their whole yeah. golf. I mean, he is Nike. He's like the probably the biggest athlete other than Michael Jordan in Nike history. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they stood by him. Darren, you cocksucker. We still hate Darren Ravel. Hey, we got a hotline. Uh, 800-392-6344. Would you like to call- hear this call? It's from someone you might recognize. Here is the call. And he's back! Tiger Woods takes it. The Masters again, the green jacket. Oh, the red polo on Sunday going up to an 18. What a classic. Man, growing up playing the video games and watching him play golf and the return to glory is Tiger is back. Number five, first one since Jack Nicholas to win a green jacket in three decades, as well as get five different jackets. Oh my God, this is wild. <sighs> Thanks, Will. Damn. That was actually a reasonable call. And okay, stop talking. And it was uh, under under a minute, so well done. I like how he didn't even bother to introduce himself. Everybody knows who this we guy is. We know who you are, Will. Uh, 800-392-6344. And you know what? I'm going to do a quick plug for Mind of Micah at the moment. I know people have heard all of them. Uh, we're going to start a new podcast if I get some questions uh, called Micah's Mailbag. Oh, yeah? So we're not going to tread on the mail-in podcast, what Dylan's doing. He normally answers like 10, pod, 10 questions on yeah. an episode. How's this going to work? I want one good question. That you just talk about at length? And then I will talk about at length on Mind of Micah for Micah's Mailbag. One question and one question only. But bring them, they could be about relationships. They could be about life. How they do could people be about submit professional questions? stuff. Uh, they call the hotline, 800-392-6344. That is Micah's Mailbag. Or or backdoor cover hotline, same number, 800-392-6344. You could probably send us DMs with them, like however you want to do it. You can DM me, yeah. yeah. You can hit me on DM as well, uh, at Michael Weiner on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, 
Well, thank you, Will. Uh, what I did think was interesting is that Tiger becomes the, only the second guy to win the Masters in three different decades, which is crazy that it's already 2019. So if he were to win this next year, it would be four different decades. That is wild. And uh, he should, you would think that he's going to be gonna in He's going to have another crack at a while. Masters in the next three or four years, you got to think. So like you you transition to being eligible to play in the Champions Tour, which is like the senior men's golf tournament or golf league at 50. So yeah. he's got seven years till he's even eligible for that. So, I mean, I don't know if that's any sort of... Tiger's he, never going to play on the Champions You don't think so? Fuck no. <laughs> he's not going to do his John Daly No, <laughs> second he'll, be, round. he'll still be, be on the tour. out there. Like, he doesn't need the money. Right. Uh, he'll still be playing on tour if he's 50, if he can play. Well, yeah. but what, So what I'm saying, though, is that if that's any indication of when people well, start he, to know, be... He's got a lifetime exemption, obviously, exemption. the Masters. Like, exemption. He's going to be playing in this fucker for... I mean, he could play in another 30 years. Jack made a run at the tournament in 98, which was 12 years after he won in 86, when I think he was 46. So, like, he was 58 or 59 when he almost won in 98. Bernhard but, Langer recently contended, or, like, at least went yeah. Sunday into contention. So, Tiger, Tiger's going to have a lot more cracks at this thing. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, just overall... Not legitimate cracks, though. I would say that, like, towards the end, towards the the twilight of your 40s, like, you're really getting on there. Well, then he's got five more years. Till he's five, six like years. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, that, so, just to The Masters close is it just out. the best. So, he's Go got ahead. 15, right? Yeah, eighteen is where Jack's where at. Jack is. So that's the benchmark. That's the one that everybody has always talked about, and that he was going to break with it with such ease. And then he went on an eleven-year drought. Yeah, and now he's back. So yeah, like you said, that's why I thought it was more. That was more of what I was getting at with like when you transition into the the twilight of your career. Like so, if he's got five to seven more years of high prime style golf, like his his best stuff. That's a lot of that's four majors a year. He's got time. He's got a chance. Feels good. This yeah, is fun. Let's see if he stays healthy. Yeah, the, the one of the scariest moments was I think it was on fifteen. He hit a shot that went long, and the announcers were like, "You know, normally you you hit the ball too far when your back is out." And he made a comment about how really? like, you know, maybe he's wearing down. He played a lot of golf, and then he put it together and won. It was a really interesting comment. Yeah, I've, I've never thought about that. Like it was you, something you about swing how, harder because... Yeah, that you shut down. I forget what it was, but somebody will tell us. Uh, anyway, <laughs> just to put a bow on this, the Masters really is the greatest. Uh, was that not the you, most fun, dude? That is such a good time. It's the greatest. You've got Vern Lundquist. Uh, you've got that lame-ass music. You have the fake bird chirps. Like, all of it, the incredibly green course. Like, I love all of it. I it's, got confused at the end when they were playing, like, the horns. They're like, dun 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 Yeah, they dun, had a dun, weird I championship that was, music, it too. Sounded like, it sounded like the NFL, and I kind of, like, was like, what, what? what is this? It's just the best. The yeah. master, like, I don't even care that, that they paint the fairways and do stuff. Like, it's That's just how you so started awesome. this whole thing, and that's how you're going to end it, and I yeah. like it. And, and you know the thing that I noticed last night uh, or yesterday watching this thing? There's, they don't allow cell phones yeah, inside I know. the grounds. And so when you have Tiger walking up 18, you don't have 20,000 people holding up their cell phone. You have 20,000 people just cheering. Yeah, and like and the other thing is like... like it's really kind of crazy to see. So I've read a bunch about this like as the, as the experience as a patron. Like you don't have a cell phone. The only time that you know what's going on, you can't be watching every hole. Like you, you get to know what's going on and the only, only the people that you're watching. So like when the guy goes up there like Vanna White and changes out the billboard, that's, like that's the only time you know what's right. really going on around the course. And so like a lot of people are watching all this kind of unravel and unfold and like they don't know what kind of like how people are finishing out or that Brooks missed two birdie puts like towards the end. They're like, so the, it just kind of is more 
I kind of find that more fun. Yeah. Like, so if anybody wants to take Brad under the Masters next year, we are in. We need to do a lot more bo- golf content. So we will we will do anything you want <laughs> us to do. We'll, we'll literally keep, anything if you can get us two Masters. We'll tickets. keep working we'll the butter cut you. and we'll we'll go. You from could there. be our full time co host. We'll do anything if you can get us tickets to the Masters. Uh, we're I love your integrity. How you're willing to just destroy the show? I will for sell anything. anything to go to the Masters. I also love the stupid top twelve rule. What's where that? the top 12 plus ties automatically qualify for the next year's Masters. And some dude like made like a 35-footer on 18 to finish 12th and just automatically punched his ticket. Like, I love these things. Yeah. I, I love just like the old white guys that are that are that get to ask a question of the champion for no reason in Butler Cabin. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's absurd, and I, I, I'm into all of it. Um, did you see the clip of Phil driving into the course on Saturday that I posted on Backdoor Cover Pod? Did on Instagram. I, I didn't. I heard about half of it because I was like in and out of cell phone service in Cabo San Lucas. Oh, tell me more about it. it. Yeah, you know, I was, I was on the beach. Or, uh, Phil just talks about how uh, he's bombing he was him or driving something? in down Magnolia Lane, which is the entrance way to the golf course. I guess talking about how there's nothing in the world better than being in contention on uh, on the weekend at, at Augusta, and how he's ready to just fucking hit bombs. He didn't say fucking, but he was like, "I'm gonna hit." Bombs. He was swinging out of his shoes on and these shots, Talking too. about how important it was. And then he also made an awesome joke about Kuchar. And he was like, you know, there, there won't be any side... Because he was playing with Kuch. Yeah. But he's like, there won't be any side action today because I know he only pays uh, 0.16% <laughs> on bets. <laughs> but I'm ready to hit bombs. Like, it was... He just, he was, like, just saying... Uh, cutting a wrestling promo driving into Magnolia Lane. There's no great. one easier to take cheap shots at than Kucha right now. I mean, he deserves all of it. He <laughs> fucked up. I told you this. When we had this argument before when it happened, you're like, no, nobody's going to care about this. Guaranteed that anytime you say the word Matt Kucha now, people just think that cheap bitch. Anyway, uh, that's it for the Masters. It really is a, a, a tradition unlike any other. Yeah. The Buttercut was we, a great segment. The Buttercut looks forward to being there live from the Masters next year. It's butter. You know what else I look forward to? What's that? Bringing on new sponsors to oh, our yeah? podcast. And guess what we're doing today? We're bringing on a new one. Let's go. It's called ExpressVPN. Admit it, Brad. You think all cybercrime is something that happens to other people. You may think that no one wants your data or that hackers can't grab your passwords or credit card details. But guess what? You'd be wrong. Is that right? Stealing data from unsuspecting people on public Wi-Fi is one of the simplest and cheapest ways for hackers to make money. When you leave your internet connection unencrypted, you might as well be writing your passwords and credit card numbers on a huge billboard for the rest of the world to see. Jeez. That's why I decided to take action to protect myself from cyber criminals. I use ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN secures and uh, anonymizes. That's not a word. ExpressVPN secures your internet browsing. It makes it anonymous? Makes it anonymous. Your history? Your user history? Yes. Okay, I got you. By encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. That's important. ExpressVPN has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, phone, or tablet. Turning ExpressVPN... Uh, turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one click. Okay. Using ExpressVPN, I can safely surf on public Wi-Fi anywhere without being snooped on or having my personal data stolen. What more could you want, That's Brad? pretty good. And the best part, for less than seven months, uh, $7 a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that I have. ExpressVPN is rated number one VPN service by TechRadar, and it comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Easy. There you have it. All you have to do to protect your online activity today 
and find out how you can get three months free is visit expressvpn.com slash backdoor. That's one word. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash backdoor for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.backdoor to learn more. God, it feels good to have new sponsors on. Thank you. Especially good ones. ExpressVPN.com slash backdoor. Get some free stuff. All right, let's talk some hoops, Brent. The NBA hoops. playoffs uh, tipped off on Saturday. Saturday was a wild day. Three it was lower, lit. Yes. Three lower seeds won. Uh, Brooklyn over Philly in what's now being called the game of phones. As uh, Joel Embiid was seen uh, with a cell phone with a, a teammate on the end of the bench. Did you uh, see this? No, I hadn't seen this part yet. Oh, you haven't seen this? No. You, you haven't been watching that. It's like the only thing ESPN talked about for 24 hours. It's a good thing Tiger was on because it would have been like 24-7, the game of phones. Uh, Dumb. Yeah, it was bad. Brooklyn looked great, though. Brooklyn outplayed Philly. Philly was getting booed badly at home. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so Joel Embiid's got health issues, right? Yeah, he's, he's questionable to play. Is it knee or I think back it's or knee something. problems, and I think he's been experiencing them for a couple of weeks, and therefore he hasn't had like the cardio. He's not like basically in game shape, and so like they're the problem with that is that you when you are basically playing fatigued and you have are recovering from an injury, you expose yourself to getting injured again or worse. Yeah, and so like those big guys like. That's scary, man. Like the, you're kind of getting into that Greg Oden territory where they're like walking around on glass joints. I don't know, man. It's the playoffs. You got to come play. You got to come play. And but nobody so like, did for Philly except for uh, Jimmy Butler. Who, and I think Embiid uh, only played like four or five minutes in the first half, something like that. Like I think he played very limited amounts of time. Um, but anyways, yeah. He, it, does that sound unfamiliar to you? Uh, I didn't watch the first half. I did see oh, the end. Oh, perfect. Uh, lots of Philly blogs that I'm seeing here think they should shut him down for round one. Right. Um, they want him to get back. But the problem with that is is that he's not going to get back into game-playing shape with, if he's not playing games. So, like, th there's kind of, like, two different ways of looking at that. And so, like, if he goes into round two after not playing and resting, yeah, he's he's recovered. But then you're on limit, like, minutes restrictions for fear of screwing him up permanently. You're playing the yeah. game, like, $30 million a year. Anyway, I mean, it's you're in the like playoffs, so you got to play. You got to play. So he, it's uh, he played of, 24 minutes on Saturday, um, most of which I think came in the second half. They're in trouble, though. I mean, it, Brooklyn really kicked their ass at home. Uh, I mean, they're a better team than Brooklyn, but big shouts to D'Angelo Russell and, and well, so D'Angelo Russell. That's the thing. Like he actually played really poorly in this game, which you know he's going to play better and and like that's about as bad of a version of D'Angelo Russell as you're going to get. That Philly crowd is going to hurt them too. Because if they start slow... If they get negative... They, it's yeah. going to get real ugly for these guys. I saw after the game, uh, Ben Simmons and Embiid, like... They made some catty comments. They, yeah, they were... They, they like, not go to the other side well. or some shit. Yeah. yeah, so these dudes are fragile. They're young. They've been handled really closely. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to... I, I don't know. I'm not there. I don't know exactly how these guys... But you get the impression yeah. that the Philly guys are like young prodigies that have been handed, handled with kid gloves. Both Embiid and Simmons uh, were shut down for a lot of their early career. Simmons didn't play as a rookie. Right. Embiid's been shut down for you know, a lot. Uh, and they haven't – we'll see how they, they respond. Uh, they need help from Tobias Harris. They need to, to get going in game two. Uh, the other big surprise – Probably even bigger was the Magic defeated the Raptors. So I thought this was the bigger surprise, but it it didn't break the internet as bad as the Philly Philly. Well, yeah, and then there was hate, the thing yeah. with Embiid on the cell phone right. at the end of the game that 
that's just like tailor made for Stephen A. Smith. Uh, Stephen A. Smith saw that and was like, "Okay, good. I can talk for four hours on First Take Monday, and then four hours on my radio show, and then another hour on Sports Center. <laughs> like it, that's going to pay Stephen A.'s bills." So shouts to uh, shouts to Joel and B. I forget who the other guy who had the cell phone out. Joel claimed afterwards that the kid, the guy, said his his daughter was sick. I don't. Nobody believes that. Uh, let's get some magic over the Raptors. Shockingly, the Raptors are one in twelve in playoff series game ones since Kyle Lowry's been on the team. Like that almost defies logic. Like, well, it defies all logic. It's almost literally unbelievable. We use that term all the time. Right. You would not believe that any team, good or bad, could go one in twelve in game ones. And uh, here we are again. The Magic went went to. Uh, went to Toronto. DJ Augustine, who yes is still in the league, came clutch down the stretch and hit a, hit the game winner with I think three seconds left. Yeah, he played amazing. If I was to tell you that DJ Augustine would outscore Kyle Lowry twenty five points to zero, uh, I think you would think that the uh, the Raptors would be in pretty big trouble. And that's basically what happened. Kyle Lowry just needs to score more than zero points. Zero, zero points on zero for six three points. Actually, he only took one two-point shot, and he was 0 for 2 from the free-throw line. He put up zeros across yeah, the board. As we tweeted out or posted, uh, this is since the Magic traded Dwight Howard seven years ago. This is their first playoff game, and it's their first playoff win, and it's more than the Lakers have gotten since that trade because the Lakers made the playoffs once and got swept. It's incredible. Uh, Dwight Howard is gone, and, and shouts to the Magic. Like, that's their whole season is made, basically. This season is a success for the Magic. That was, uh, that, I think they that won was the that biggest shock in my book. They may lose the, the next four. So, the uh, are better, and Kyle Lowry's going to score eventually, but uh, I don't see any major danger here, So for Fred whereas Philly is in trouble. Fred Van Vliet is their backup point guard in Toronto. He had a really good game. Um, so if Kyle Lowry can't pull it together, man, like, I, I mean, I'm almost like at this point like that much bad juju like that much like like historical data showing that he just can't play in the playoffs like i almost like i mean you can't take him off the bench but christ i don't know what you're supposed to do with this guy yeah especially for game one and i love kyle like i enjoy his game i think he's really a great player so it's just kind of a shame man like how do you like what is goes through his brain that makes him just like just like totally shit the bed like a hundred percent of the time it's like hard to be that consistently bad when you're that good of a player. So they're knocking down the house next door to us right now. Wow, that is oh my god, they've got the roof. Wow, oh they're taking the roof off. Holy, Holy shit. shit, this is some bad radio. Sorry, th- this is wild. Anyway, um, in the West, the Spurs, the seven seed, defeated the the Nuggets in Denver on uh, Saturday night, which was uh, thrilling for me to watch. A great team win for the Spurs. Uh, we're not a better team than Denver, although this feels like it could be a six or seven game series. Um, wow, they're taking the roof off. I'm very distracted. I've never seen a house get the roof ripped off before. The Spurs, like we're sitting there watching this in like front row seats yeah. out my window. The Spurs played well though, and and made tough shots. Uh, Bryn Forbes made these crazy shots. I don't think he played amazing. This is all a long way to say. I, I don't think this victory is a sustainable way to win for the Spurs. They're gonna need. LaMarcus Aldridge to go for 45 and Rudy Gay to like go for 25 and they're going to need their stars to step up but it was a great team win uh in Denver and you know even if the Spurs win game two if they can come home and and win a couple 
they're going to be in a in good shape. The Nuggets are good though, and they most of these guys have never been in a playoff game, and so it's not a shock. I really. think that the biggest deal was that like so that both teams' game plans was to shut down the their star big man from from the other team. So they were trying to get Jokic, Jokic. I can't say his name correctly. Uh, Nikolai Jokic off of uh, the Nuggets. They were trying to basically get into his space and they did a really great job of doing it. He only scored 10 points on four for nine shooting. He did have 14 rebounds and 14 assists. So like he still like was obviously the great player that he is and he facilitated a bunch, but like yeah, he had a he, triple double, he would have had a shitload more assists had the nuggets hit like a quarter of their shot. Like they shot absolutely pathetically bad. And that's the real story here to me is that all of the supporting cast, like if Jokic is going to be like, double triple team like different types of like defenses thrown at him where he's gonna find these really open dudes and he's in it like he's a great pass he, he is a product he's like a prodigy with with his ball handling passing skills like so if they hit shots it's just a different game it's a totally different game on the other side DeRozan came up and just like another guy who's had kind of a bad because he's always been playing with Lowry he's had like kind of bad playoff experience he's had kind of like bad historical performances he came out and lit it up like he played great he had 18 points 12 boards um six he didn't assists shoot very well but he played well and, he, and but he hit clutch shots made shots yeah that he hit clutch shots and, and tough then, shots yeah who was it white they had a steal with three seconds left on on uh yeah Murray. he was really balling so like yaka pearl is like a real he came in the Kawhi trade didn't he yeah love that guy he's fucking good he's a young big man yes so like how the Spurs keep on finding these like obscure, random, talented dudes to play really great ball? I don't know. I saw that that uh, Lonnie Walker was he was on the the active roster, but played no minutes. That's their round, first round pick. Uh, he he spent most of the year in Austin in the G League. In the G League, he's so, going to be good eventually. I think. Let's they're, move. They're growing him up. Let's move on. The uh, Warriors beat the Clippers pretty. The other five uh, favorites won. Obviously, the Warriors beat the Clippers pretty big. That's looks like a sweep. Uh, the Celtics beat the Pacers by 10. That could be a good series. Game two is going to be really big for Indiana, I think. Uh, Blazers beat the Thunder in a close game. This was probably the most exciting of, of these games. Uh, the Blazers dudes make fucking clutch shots. Just watching Dame Lillard down the stretch is... He's unbelievable. He is just icing this I mean, banks. the first shot of the game, he pulls up from damn near the scorer's table like at half court for no good reason, just other than Send a message, that it's Dame time. And he just blasted it. And it, it, that was like kind of like the pace for the rest of the guy. He set the tone right there. like kicked them right in the nuts. And I think that, or at least from what I'm reading in like kind of the different analysts... analysts opinions of what's going on with Paul George is that he's got an injury that has lingered all season especially in the second half because like he was playing like a career best throughout the year recently he had a shoulder injury probably like in the beginning of 2019 like around January February and like hasn't really been the same since I mean he still had like 25 30 points something like that and like contributed in big ways but like everything that I'm reading is is that like it's it's apparent that he is being hampered dramatically and that he's not the same player um whether he can overcome that or or whether this is just how it's going to be for him for the rest of the series i think really determines how this one plays out i mean if he if he can return to form and play what he was play as he was playing you know in december they're a very difficult team to beat but if it's got to be all uh russell westbrook and 
kind of the ups and downs that go with that kind of <laughs> solar energy power, whatever you want to call it, nuclear energy that comes along with yeah. Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, it just makes it really tough. Um, I, I saw, it's gonna uh, be, this is going to be fun though. This series to me is going to be, these, these totally all have agree. potential to be close and their teams that play differently. It, it should be fun. I was happy to see, uh, Portland come out and like really slug them. Yeah, I was too. like, I was, I felt like I like Portland. I like those players. I like just about everybody on the squad. Even like Enos Cantor, who's new on the squad this year, like he's had like a, a career where people have questioned his ability to defend and has kept him off the court. It wasn't really a problem. It wasn't a factor in this game, and he actually came out and was a real contributor. So, like, that was a reassuring thing to see out of him. And then on top of that, like, Dame is just like I, he's got to be the most underrated player in the league, in my opinion. I think he's got to be like top three, top four best players in the in the league, and he's just not, not ever. Wow. I don't I don't regularly see him in the fourth putting, quarter for sure. I'll oh say my that. God, Man, yeah, I mean, he close. was just unbelievable. And then yeah. The rest of the squad played well as well. Uh, Rockets smoked the Jazz. That was uh, the Rockets just seemed like a much better team. We'll see if Utah can can muster anything. It's impossible to play those dudes. Like they, they they've even got like random dudes like House Junior, whoever that is. Yeah, I, he's I, just blasting I don't know who threes. that guy is either. <laughs> he put just up, slamming, like, making crazy dunks. Yeah, and blasting he threes. like hit like four straight threes, and then they're like <laughs> closed out on him, and he just takes it baseline and y- like yonks right yeah. all over the whole squad, like. And that puts them up twenty. Like, how? What are you supposed to do with that? Like, Rockets look good. They, they look, look very good. And I enjoy then, uh, them. looking good is Milwaukee. They crushed Detroit's nuts. I'm sure you saw the honest <laughs> dunk where he went from from like one step in from the free throw line. He's just, he's, he's just stupid. We they're, talked they're about much this a little bit. Detroit. We talked a little bit about Giannis previously on this podcast. It it just looks more and more like in terms of like his physical superiority to everybody in the court, like it's like the next coming of like Shaq in terms of how dramatically different, like how much above the next best like physical specimen he is. Like, and he's in a guard form, which is just so like unique and entertaining. Like to see someone that agile and that long and that like springy and he's just such a monster and he's so young and And he's going to be good for so long. They've built that team perfectly around him. Like it, they're awesome, man. They're fun to watch. Budenholzer is a great coach, and the scheme is just it plays into all of his strengths and hides his weaknesses. This season uh, doesn't look good for, for they're uh, gonna Jason. Uh, nuts. Well, Jason Kidd. Jason yeah. Kidd. His coaching it, it, it doesn't look good for him after how shitty they Not were great. until like one year in of 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 Bud being head coach and they're like this unstoppable Bud's m- like monster. I'll fix this he, d- and then they just fixed it look here's how you run screens here's a pick and roll here's here's the basics okay let's now the let's ball do the thing. unstoppable seven foot dude um, <laughs> alright well that's that's the NBA we'll be back Thursday to talk more about it yeah we'll go way deeper into the NBA as, as we get into it the Masters kind of really took the attention of America but no we doubt got, we got so much Tigers, playoffs left Tiger on top uh, let's move on MMA, there was a great UFC card on Saturday. <clears throat> there were a lot of decisions, not a lot of knockouts. I think the top four uh, matches on the card were all all went the distance, but they were all great. Dustin Poirier uh, defeated Max Holloway to win the interim lightweight belt uh, via unanimous decision. He's 30 years old and has been fighting in the UFC since 2011 uh, but and, and had a record of 17-4. and four. 21 UFC fights is a hell of a lot of fights at the highest level. Uh, despite his resume, Saturday was his first UFC title fight. Uh, Poirier said, man, it feels like I'm in a dream right now. I feel like I beat the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world. 
to be the best, you got to beat the best. I earned this. This is my belt. Blood paid in full. I mean, it was a real uh, heartfelt feel good moment for, for followers of the sport. I think that's the perfect way of putting it. Blood paid in full. Like that many fights all the way till you're 30 years old for your first title. Like that, he's got to just have taken a beating for so long to make it up to that, yeah. that height of his career. He finally so. got his title shot. And he made the most of it. Max Holloway. Uh, was beaten, but he also remains the 145-pound featherweight champion mm. uh, despite the loss because this was his first fight at 155. So he has the, the class So he below. still holds the 145 belt. Uh, he did not offer any excuses. He just gave props, which is nice. Uh, For po- once, yeah. Poirier uh, fights out of the American top team, is expected to move on to an undisputed title fight against defending champion Khabib Nurmagomedov. You, you nailed that. I don't He's know. fighting Khabib next, who who is the in, the other interim champion uh, since Khabib's been out for a while. Uh, that could be interesting. The other uh, main headline, main uh, co-main, whatever you want to call it, <clears throat> from Saturday, uh, what was in uh, involved Israel Adesanya. I think that's close. Okay, I'll call him Israel. Uh, he's only been in the UFC for 14 months, and now he's the middleweight champion. Adesanya. Adesanya. I'm, I'm, Israel Adesanya, something like that. Yeah. He took out uh, an absolute monster in Kevin Gattelsman uh, to get it done. The title bout co-headlined 236 and uh, was an instant classic. Brought the entire crowd to its feet. It went the distance. Uh, the score was basically tied at two rounds apiece entering the final round, and then Israel just smoked him. He won the fifth round uh, 10-8 on all the judges' cards. Um so it was really amazing, and it was impressive that... that I'm not uh, expecting you to know off the top of your head what middleweight is exactly, but do you have, like, a ballpark figure? Like, is that, like, the 160, 170, 180, somewhere in there? I think, because... Maybe would think, 185? Yeah. I, think, I don't know. I think that's I like the. Per- I think that's, like, the best fighting weight for, like, technical aspects to it. Like, you're not too big. You're not, like, this behemoth of a human that's just, like, pounding people into the ground. Like, I think... Middleweight the, is, is one... Uh, 185. Yeah, I think that's like the perfect fighting. Like, I think that's yeah. the perfect weight class to see, like, premier fighting. Well, that's where we are. We got yeah. a new champion. Um, and actually, I should say he's also an interim champion. Uh, the result sets up a title unification bout um, with Robert Whitaker. Whitaker was forced to withdraw from a title defense earlier this year because of a hernia, but is expected to return late summer or early fall. So there's two super fights on the horizon. In the UFC, so that's that's good. Hernia sounds pretty damn unpleasant for a UFC fighter. Yeah, Khalil Roundtree Jr. also won. He dominated Eric Anders uh, for a unanimous decision win. Those are the three biggest fights on the card. Khalil's so. a nasty name. Like they're almost Khalil Roundtree Mac, Jr. Khalil Roundtree. Yeah, like these people. If you're named Khalil, you are probably an ice cold blood boy. blooded killer. Yeah. Uh, that's it for the show. Call our hotline 800-392-6344. Uh, give us a sports take or Call that same hotline and, and ask me a question. Yeah, drop I will us a answer that question. question. Uh, check out Micah's uh, Mind of Micah on a separate feed. We would really appreciate you. Check it out. Also, leave us a review. Uh, give us five stars and, and leave us a review. We, it, we would very much appreciate that. Uh, we will read them next week. There were some very funny ones recently, um, which we will we will get to. So thank you for everybody who's left those reviews. Check us out on Instagram at Backdoor Cover Podcast or Twitter at Backdoor Cover uh what else brad where can the people follow you 
Bradley Key on Twitter, Bradley B. Key on Instagram. I didn't get much out. In fact, I got nothing out while I was in Cabo this weekend, but that's because there was no service anywhere. I was too busy beaching, but I'm going to get some stuff up here from the, the trip. And, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Some nice Check little personal flair touches to us. So and follow good. me at Michael Weiner, M-I-C-A-H-W-I-E-N-E-R, on Twitter and Instagram. We are back later this week. Uh, check out uh, ButcherBox.com, uh, ButcherBox.com slash Backdoor, and our other sponsor, Express. ExpressVPN.com slash Backdoor. Nice. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening.